You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. I think this may be one of the most important meetings anywhere in the nation. I, I really mean that because of this part of the country and the needs that are here. Uh, this is this is pioneering work. Amen. Yep. You know, this is this is this is where men of a special metal come and carve out a place in in sometimes an area where where others would not want to go. And uh, I remember a fellow telling me before we left Georgia and came to Idaho, he said, "Brother Dean, you need to you need to find yourself a little place and get a group of people together that'll love you and take care of you." for the rest of your life. And I thought, man, that's a funeral home. Good night. (laughs) Son, I mean, you you described that perfectly. And I thought, look, I'm not not ready to die. I want to do something for God. And uh, what a a great, you know, I I just love this meeting. Thank you, preacher, for the opportunity to be here. I I mean this. It's my honor. And I'm excited to to be with you. And uh, excited to be one of you. I like hanging with you. I, I like hearing the stories of what God has done. I was in, we came out for, for uh, vacation this year to Rapid City just because the best governor in the nation yes. is here. Right. And I want to agree with that. And so we, we came to hang out a little bit and saw the Badlands and in different places. Drove out on a reservation, found Red Cloud's grave. And just, man, we were just soaking it in. I told somebody... I don't know of any place in the world where you find beauty and history all drenching together as you do in this part of the world. And I love the Black Hills and just, just an amazing, amazing place. We went to Liberty and, and Brother Brooks wasn't there. I was actually coming to, uh, we were going to talk a little bit because he and I had chatted before and, and he said, well, I'm not there. So he gave me the honor of preaching there and I, what a great church, my word. I mean, we just... Susie and I and our daughter Dixie, we just, we just loved it. And we, we left encouraged and, and just so excited. And then got these Georgia boys from Rock Mart, just a nine-hole golf course in Rock Mart. That's it. <laughs> I was in a meeting up in, in uh, uh, Colorado, and this, this kid stands up and he says he's going to Elbow Lake, and he's from Rock Mart, Georgia. I said, are you kidding me? One of the finest ball peanut stands in America, right there in Rock Mart. <laughs> Son, I mean, it's just amazing. And, and I, we, we met and talked, and, and all this time later, he's still, he's still plugged in, man. Yes, he is. Starting churches working. Guys from Cartersville, I got family living in Cartersville, Georgia, brother. Just amazing. Brother Robbie from down in, in southeast Georgia, coastal Georgia. It's amazing. And, and the things you guys are doing, thank God for you. Boy, what a, what a great, Brother Andrew, just, I'm just so thankful to see you again. What a, what a great group of men. And I just want to tell you, I'm, I'm so happy and, and so honored to be here. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, if you will. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to bring a shouting message tonight. That's not what I try to do. I, I want to help you if I can. I, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to give you something to just maybe chew on a little bit. I, I, I think that in the day and age, especially in which we live, 
and the challenges that are inherent in church planning anyhow, I want to just tell you this right now, Satan is more against what you're doing than against what anybody else is doing in the nation. Because the answer for America, it's not at the ballot box, it's in church planning. And we've, we've, got to, we've got to get back to it. We've got to, we've got to throw our shoulder to the plow. And so I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not interested in, in, in uh, you know, I just want to help you. And so I want you to look with me, if you will, uh, in, into the book of Hebrews. And, and what we find in chapter 11 is, is what I call the hall of faith. And when I taught this verse by verse to our people, I, I, I talked with them about the Pro football, football Hall of Fame and how as you walk down a corridor and you come to different, you come to different stations and there's Walter Payton and Dick Butkus and Johnny Unitas and Dan Marino and you go, you go down and you stop and it tells you a little bit about the person. And as we, as we begin into Hebrews chapter 11, we, we, we come to Abel and and, and we, we, we read about Abel and then we see Enoch and we move further down the, the hall there and there's Noah and, and then Abraham and Sarah and, and, and we find Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and, and, and even the parents of Moses are there and Joshua and, and Rahab the harlot. I, I, I got to be honest with you, when you begin to read this a little bit, you're, you're, you're surprised at some of the people that are included in the hall of faith. Yes. Samson, are you kidding me? Samson is in the hall of faith. Can I tell you what it teaches me? It teaches me that, 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 that God cares about how we finish. It's not just how we start. It's not just the fact that we make a big splash and we do a great work and then we retire. No, no, no. Here's a man whose life really, for the most part, it came up when you, when you press the, the, the total button, it really came up to a zero. But, but then in the last part of his life, Samson did some things by grace and by faith in his God. Before that, he used everything. He merchandised the power of God. Can you imagine? He used the power of God to carve a notch niche out for himself and to make a name for himself and and yet here he is there's there's Samson there's Barak there's Jephthah David and Samuel then in verse 33 it begins to deal with people that are not that are not given by name and so we find in verse 33 the bible says who faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouths of lions quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword and out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourging, Jay, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned and they were sawn asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Let's pray. Father, help us. Dear Lord, please, tonight, I stand in front of soldiers, their wives, 
people who are blazing out a trail for your glory, just trying to reach a town, a city, a, an area, churches that are here to support them and help them. God, tonight, this is sacred, holy ground. Do in our hearts what only you can do. And we'll give you glory for it, Lord, because you alone are worthy in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things when my children was growing up that we enjoyed doing is we would rent a video or, or, or check out a video down at the library. Now, you know anything about library videos, you know they're the old things, you know, got the breath of dinosaurs on them and, and there's nothing new, nothing modern there at all and some of it's even silent movies. And, and so we would gather these, we would get here, we'd have a, a movie night, my wife would cook popcorn and we'd sit around the kids on the floor and we would, we would watch a movie. Now, I want to just tell you, I want to tell you one of the things about me that my, my family could, could, could uh, let you know very quickly, and that is that I'm a happy ending guy. I'm a happy ending guy. It began when I was a child. I remember early in life when I discovered who the Antichrist was by watching Walt Disney, and he allowed Davy Crockett to die at the Alamo. What? Are you kidding me? You get to make a movie of this guy with Fess Parker, and, and you let him die at the Alamo? But what further convinced me that, that Disney was the Antichrist was when Old Yeller got the hydrophobe. Dude, they killed him. Are you kidding me? They killed the dog. I was depressed for three weeks after that. Then they played a rerun and Crockett died again. I mean, it's, it was unbelievable to me. So we would watch these and we would rate them. It was either a bomb or it that was, that was pretty good. Or if it was a really good one, we would rate it a herring classic. And I remember all the kids would look to me, Dad, is it a herring classic? And we would rate it that. Who cares? You know, I mean, we thought it was something big, but, but nobody else cared. It was, it was just us. Happy endings. I loved it. The Bible says that the hypocrite shall receive the greater damnation. Right below that is people that write Movies with sad endings to it, in, in my book at least. Now because of my inclination throughout my life for, for happy endings, I naturally had my life painted in all bright colors. I mean, it was all bright colors, man. Everybody was happy. There were smiley faces all over the place. Let me tell you what it was. It was plan A in high gear. I mean, it couldn't get any better. I mean, here's, here's, here's Dean, here's Susie, stair-stepped all the way down, six children. We're living out in the country in southeast Georgia. Got gators in the backyard in the pond. We kill them, skin them out, fry How many of you have ever eaten gator? Son, it'll help you. I want to tell you, amen, it's good. All of my boys have killed gators. Sometimes devotions, we'll watch swamp people, you know, just to, just to get back in that, just to get back in that mood. So, so the reality is our life was really smooth. Well, Dave, I, I remember, I, I mean this, I, I remember thinking as a young man, well, nothing's gone wrong in our life. We, we, we've had no tragedies. We've had no heartaches. No, no every, everything's going as planned. It's all, it's all plan A. It's all going really good. And I wondered, I, I mean this, I, I wondered as a young man, 
I, I wondered as a young man in the ministry if maybe I would sail through life and some of the things I had to counsel other people through and some of the heartaches and some of the heartbreaks and some of the scars that I saw them wear, I wondered if I was going to get through life and never have to face that myself. It was just pretty smooth. Never sick. No surgeries. 12-year-old kid, I had my tonsils taken out. They lied to me I couldn't eat ice cream. Didn't want ice cream. I decided then I'll have no more surgeries. But anyhow... I mean, everybody was following the script. All my kids memorized scripture. Proverbs 1.10, my son of sinners entice thee, can sit thou not. Proverbs 13.20, he that walk with the wise men shall be wise, and a companion of fools shall be destroyed. I mean, we, 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 had, we had it all down pat. Everybody was busy living happily ever after. But I want to tell you something that I learned. I learned that life never turns out the way it does in the movies. I learned that we don't get to write the script. I learned that life doesn't follow the script. People don't follow the script because people are sinners. I learned that there was heartaches and, and that, that life, listen to this statement, listen to this statement. Life Never, life never goes completely as planned. Nobody's life, not mine, not yours. And, and I'm not here to depress you, I'm here to prepare you. I want you to understand that at some place, at some time, somewhere, plan A will transition into plan B. And what you do when, you're, when, you're, when your life, when your life makes that transition, when there's a heartache, when there's a heartbreak, when, when, when there's something that shatters your world, when, 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 when there's something that takes place in your life that you didn't see coming and, and, and you're not even quite sure how to handle it and you wind up sitting on the edge of the bed with your wife and you're, you've got each other in your embrace and you're sobbing and you're holding on for dear life and you wake up in the morning and wish you didn't have to get out of bed and, and, and and you're not sure how to deal with it and, and you go to God and you search for answers and sometimes it seems like a fog has set in and you can't see beyond your face or your hand. I want to tell you something, dear friend. You, those are the times that are going to determine whether you're going to make it or not. Now, you young guys look around you and find the guys here that's got some frost on the top of their head. And if they're still here, and they're still serving God, it's because they learned how to live with plan B. They learned what to do when things don't turn out the way we thought they should. Now, when you read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33 and verse 35, I'm like, it's, just, it's just amazing. Let, so let's have a fellowship meeting, all right? Here we are, fellowship meeting. Somebody share a testimony with me. Well, yes, sir. Uh, I, brother, I, praise God, I subdued kingdoms. Whoa! Wow, that is great. Yes, sir, what did you do? I wrought righteousness. Man, that's fantastic. How about you? I obtained promises. Well, sir, what about you? Well, I stopped the mouths of lions. That is amazing. How about you? I turned to flight the armies of aliens. I mean, the fellowship meeting is going, woo! Son, everybody's waving their hands. People are shouting. I mean, it's a glory time. 
Those are the, the, listen, this is plan A. They're all plan A praises. These are the things that electrify a fellowship meeting. God showed up, God showed off, God showed out. It's like God's 12 years old, you know. Watch me do this. No, come on. God showed up, God showed off. Come on. God don't have to show off. And by the way, if we're, if we're in the house of God with the word of God, God always shows up. He promised he would. Don't blame God if things don't go right. It's not God's fault. Well, we had the meeting going, God just didn't come. No, he's here. He's a part of it. And so it's amazing. And then verse 35, here's, look at this. Women receive their dead raised to life again. That's amazing. But boy, the second part of verse 35, man, things go downhill. I mean, I mean, look, look at it. Others were tortured, not accepting the deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others, trial of cruel mockings and scourging, bonds and imprisonment, stoned, sawn asunder, tempted, slain with a sword, wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and dens of the earth. That's plan B. Pastor Jan, I'd like you to do this, if you will, tonight. I'd like you, I'd like you before Wednesday night service, I'd like you to leave two sheets of sign up out there. Sign one plan A and one plan B. And, and let's, let, let's sign up. So, 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 so who, wants to, who wants the praise part? Boy, it's, it's loaded down. Well, Silas, who's going to sign plan B? Hey, I'm in. I want to wander about in sheepskins and... Goat skins? Yes, sir, I like camping out. It's not what this is. They were slain. They were tortured. No, no. They were sawn asunder. And so there's plan A and there's plan B. Now, I, I, think, there's a, I think there's a critical word in verse 35. Others were tortured. Verse 36, <coughs> excuse me, others had crowd. Uh, trials of cruel mockings and scourgings. You know what that word others means? It's plural. And what it means is simply this. Your, listen, this is so important. Your footprints are not the only ones on the sad path you're walking. Now, I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know what's happened. It, 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 may, it may have been last month. It may be today or maybe, maybe next week. But your life suddenly has transitioned from plan A to plan B. I want you to know this, that there are others who have walked that path. No, no, there are others who are walking that path. There are others who will walk that path. And it could be that since you're walking the path, that the people that walk the path after you, you'll be able to go back and help them get through and navigate some of the things that you had to go through. Others had these things. The truth about plan B is simply this. It doesn't allow you time to prepare for its uh, uh, arrival. Young couples that come to an altar and, and with all the hope in all the world, they, 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 they make a vow to each other and, and they make a covenant with God. And then a few years later, 60% of all divorces take place within two years of the marriage altar. And now all of a sudden they're in a divorce court and somebody's been unfaithful to the other. And the kids are shattered. And a church is shocked. And the family is divided. 
You didn't see it coming. It could be financial security that goes down the drain and, and, and now you're, you're, you're fighting for survival. Maybe the love of your life passed away right when you were set to enjoy the golden years. Maybe it was a child that broke your heart and leaves you with feelings of failure and, 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 and wondering where you went wrong and what you could have done different. Maybe it was a mate that betrayed you and cheated on you and, and, and you're wondering why you weren't enough to make them happy. Maybe it was a dad that crushed your heart because he walked out on you. I've sat on the floor with children after their father walked off somewhere and went on his own tangent and, and, and sat around with weeping children as they looked up at me and said, Pastor, why? Why doesn't my dad love me enough to stay at home? That's a hard, that's a hard question to hear. Maybe it's the loss of a dream job and now you're stuck in a job going nowhere fast or a car wreck that took your mother from you when you needed her most. Maybe it was a brother or sister that brought scandal to your family or maybe it's the haunting silence of a sonogram where, where a heartbeat once brought joy. But suddenly, without announcement, without invitation, plan B is in your life. Uninvited, unwelcomed, unexpected. It's a bad prognosis maybe, a searing pain in the chest Sometimes it has a name, cancer, diabetes. Sometimes it uses initials like MS. Sometimes it's ushered in by somebody that you love and um, with a broken heart and an ocean full of tears. It, 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 it received no invitation and yet it refuses to leave. Sometimes it brings its luggage with it and you know it's going to be there for a while. Let me, let me, let me just give you a few things. First of all, the goodness of God is not determined by the circumstances of life. Amen. Now we better get that down. Or we're not going to go far. I mean, something good happens and we say God is good. Well, what if good didn't happen? No, I beg God, I beg God to, 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 I beg God to save my grandson, but my grandson died. So is, does that impact the goodness of God? Absolutely not. I don't know why. I don't have the answers to all that. I wept and begged and prayed and pleaded with God. And yet, and, and yet God saw fit to call my grandson home. That, that does not dent the goodness of God whatsoever. And so we have to get it through our head that the goodness of God does not hinge upon what God does for us and with us and through us. God's not good because we hit our goal on a certain Sunday, or God's not good because our offerings are up, or God, no, no, God's good, period. See, it's, 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 not, that, it's not that God was good prior to COVID, and now, now we've got politicians that are stepping over their boundaries and overreaching, and church has been declared uh, non-essential, and we're struggling, and really in our ministries, we're dealing with plan B to a certain extent, and and, 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 and we've, got, we've got issues now that people are asking us about. And, 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 and is God good? Yes, he's good. Amen. Yes. yes, he's good. Yes. You, read, you, you read 35B down. And it ought to shame us. I, 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 wonder, I wonder if we will become known... 
If, if you'll take what we go through and lay it right beside that scripture, if we're going to be known as a, genera- a generation of whiners, we have to wear a mask. No, I understand liberty, and I, I, look, I'm right all, I'm all in on that. I'm, I'm okay fighting for liberty. I know all those things. But oh, my dear friend, listen to me. Our people in this day and age, if there's ever been a day and age where people need to come to the house of God, hear the word of God preached by a man of God who's got the joy of God in his heart, it's today. We, 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 can't, we can't bring them in and give them reruns of Fox News and five reasons why we disagree with the president's mandates. And we can't, we can't turn our pulpits into political activism. They need, they need in the house of God to hear the word of God, to be touched by the spirit of God. That's what they need. Unless, unless listen, unless you're asleep, we're living in a depressed world. And depression begins in the pulpit. We got depressed preachers dealing with depressed people and we're wondering why our churches are depressed. We've got to, listen, we've got to, listen, we've got to realize that God is on the throne. And the goodness of God isn't determined by what happens to Dean. The psalmist said, Psalm 27, verse 13, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalm 107, verse 8, 15, 21, and 31 say, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works of the children of men. In case you hadn't noticed, it was pretty bad in New Testament times. In fact, in case you hadn't noticed, it was pretty bad in the Inquisition. We we think that all of a sudden, boom, 2020, son, the world turned upside down. There are generations that have gone before us and think our world's pretty straight compared to what their world was. But we've had it so soft that we're losing our voice, we're losing our praise, we're losing our shout, we're losing our, 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 uh, the, the joy of, of our hearts. We've we got to get back to that. I want to just tell you that the goodness of God isn't determined by the circumstances of life. I want to say this, that, that, that bad things happen to good people. I mean, they were tortured. They were a trial of cruel mockings, bonds of imprisonment, stones sawn asunder, tempted, slain with a sword wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins and they were destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Good people, every one of them. Now I want you to look at me, listen to me. There's been some good people die of COVID. I've had some friends. There are good men in this part of, of, of the world that have passed. Had a heart for God. Guys I've preached revival for that are no longer on the firing line, God's called them home. I want, I want to tell you something, bad things happen to good people. But what does that do for us? You, you, know, you, know, you know what we do so many times? We, we get disillusioned with God. God's getting blamed for, for things that, that, <laughs> that are traced directly back to Adam and Eve. They mess the whole world up. They mess the whole world up. We're dealing with sin and cancer and all sorts of death and problems and everybody saying, well, why didn't God? Why didn't God? No, God gave us, God gave us utopia and we messed it up. It's not God's fault. And, and, and uh, there's a pervasive line that if you do good, God will bless you with good and if you do bad, God will allow bad things to happen to you. 
But I think the story of Job disproves that, doesn't it? Job never, never cursed God, never blamed God. We have to recognize the fact that bad things happen to good people. And it could be you. You may struggle with a disease. You may have a broken heart from a child that strays because your children have to make their own choices at some point in their life. That's a hard thing for a parent to deal with. That's difficult. Can I tell you that God doesn't cause every trial, but he can work in every trial? Now, I'm not going to get into theological debate with you, but I just want to tell you that the foreknowledge of God is not causative. God, God, God knows everything, but doesn't mean God causes everything. If you've seen Brother Powell's uh, 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 socks, you may realize that Pastor Jet's going to tell him, don't come back in here with those on. <laughs> Do not darken the door of this auditorium with those on. Now, I may know that's going to happen and may rejoice in it. But that doesn't mean I caused it. Amen, Dr. Powell? Amen. So, so just because God knows what's going to happen doesn't mean that, 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 that God caused it. And I, I, know, I, know that we, I know that we know these things, but I think they're things that we're going to have to emphasize to our people. I mean, listen, we're, li listen what's, happened, what's happened in the world today is that, that fear has become the prevalent characteristic. Even in our churches, people are afraid. And, and, and we're not living by faith as we used to live. Now, now we're, we're living by fear and, 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 and the trials that are around us rather than handling them with grace and, 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 and a trust in Almighty God, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're falling apart, even ourselves. The Bible said that we know that all things work together for good. It doesn't say that all things are good. There's a lot of things that have happened in the last year and a half that I'm not going to label as good. All things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to the purpose. Listen to me. God is the only one that can take something that's really, really, really bad and get something really, really, really good out of it. That's the miraculous power of a holy, righteous God. Well, suddenly we were televangelists. <laughs> I mean, ordinary dean. Dude, the next week, I'm standing in front of a camera preaching to tens of people. It's amazing. I've got my own camera crew. He's my son-in-law, but anyhow, you take what you can get. We're live streaming now. We've got people in Ireland that tune in. People in England that tune in. Had a man get saved after one of our messages that was reached on live stream. I, look, look, I'm just simply saying God can take something that really shakes us apart and turn it for his glory. Amen. If we'll just trust him to do so and, and, and be tender to his words. Let me just say this too, and that is that ultimately when, when all is said and done, Life is either a facade or life is either faith, one of the two. 
we, we live behind images sometimes. We, 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 we do that. I mean, we get it down. Okay. <laughs> we can say, praise the Lord. You know, praise the Lord. We get the lingo down, you know. When I was a kid, they taught me, uh, you, you know, now I lay me down to sleep and pray, Lord, my soul to keep it. I said, I, before I wake up, pray, Lord, my soul to take. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for food. By his hands, we are fed. Give us, Lord, our daily bread. It meant nothing. Mary had a little lamb. Sleep was like slow, you know. <laughs> Everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go, you know. Little boy blue, go blow your horn. It's the same thing. Did nothing. Sort of like your coffee mug that says the prayer of Jabez. But anyhow, let's move. <laughs> that was Jabez's prayer. And I like the principles in it. But you, 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 you just reciting that, God's not going to give you an Indian motorcycle because you recite Jabez's prayer. We, we, we have images. Now, come on, guys. Let's be, let's be transparent. One of our problems is we're afraid about what other people think about us. And, and so we, we, we hide behind the image because we're afraid that it might somehow lessen us. And, and what it really does is, is it, it, it robs from us the joy of being real. And we've got to get to the place where, where, where we get away from the fake it till I can make it mentality of living up to other people's expectations. God knows who you are. And God knows whether you are what you're projecting to be or whether you're real. And revival, revival is when we become more than what other people think we are. When it's real before God. When, when, we're, when we're walking with God and, and, and we're, in a, we're in a time with that that's desperately needed. Job, never, uh, Job suffered, but he never sinned. He never charged God foolishly. And if you look in, if you look in Job chapter 3 and you want to know why his friends started questioning him, he was the best man they ever knew. And in Job chapter 3, he is literally bleeding all over the page. That's the rawest chapter in the Bible, Job 3. He just starts, he just starts regurgitating, he's vomiting out emotions and their jaw drops. And the foolish thing is they step in and then decide that they can give him advice rather than just allowing God to deal with him. Sometimes the spirit also helps our infirmities, Romans 8, 26, because we know not, we know not what we should pray for as we ought. You ever been there? I, I don't know how to pray. Well, what do I say? How do I handle this? How do I deal with this? My heart is crushed. I'm broken by this. I, I don't know how to frame a prayer, God. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's not one of those, our Heavenly Father... God of all the ages, Father, we praise thee for thou immutability. No, that's a falling on your face and vomiting up your emotions. It's the realness of pain. and I mean, who wrote a book on how to lose a mate without losing yourself? Who wrote a book on how do you, how do you bury a child? without burying your heart? Where do, where do you find the timer on grief? 
How, how do we say to somebody, it's, it's about time that you need to start getting over this. How, how do you get over it? God will help us get past what we will never get over, but I want to tell you, the process is different for each and every person. And we have to learn how to live by faith and, and give people their room. Now let me, let me say this. I, I don't know where you're at, but can I just encourage you by saying this? It, your final report is going to be the same. It's going to be judged the same way mine is. It's faith. So here's group A, <laughs> man, wow, guys, that's great. That's the best, that is the best testimony meeting I've ever been a part of. Here's plan B. Dude, are you kidding me? I didn't sign up for that. I don't want that group. No, no, I've, I've stood on, I've stood in places where I've said to God, no, I don't want that. God, please. Oh, God, I raised my kids to serve you. I don't, I don't want this. I don't, I don't want this. I've, 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 sat, I've sat with my wife in my arms. We wept together. We've gone back over our heads. What could we do different? And, and this is not what I want. God, I don't want this. I don't want to have to live this day. I don't want to have to go through this. I don't want to suffer. Verse 39, and these all, well, who's these all? Plan A and plan B. Having obtained a good report through faith. Now look at me, listen. This is what, this is what it's about. It's about you, when plan B comes into your life, staying faithful, 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 yes, faithful. Amen. God, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to cut and run. I don't know how I'm going to get through it, but I, I trust you by your grace that I will get through it. And, and I, I'm not in this because everything's going right. I'm in this because of who you are. And, 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 I, and, and I'm, I'm serving you. And, 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 and when all is said and done and, and all of the issues of life are over, I want to be faithful. Yes, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. The older we are, the more we understand that verse. I don't know what's broke your heart, but I know this. If you'll stay faithful, you'll get an A+. Plus. Plan A, plan B, it, it, it doesn't matter. But then he says something significant, and I'm going to close. Of the, of the plan B group, this is what he says. He doesn't say it about plan A. Of the plan B group, he says this, of whom the world was not worthy. That group that was sawn asunder and stayed faithful. That group that had their heart broke and stayed faithful. That group that was disappointed, that wandered, that didn't know where they'd pillow their head tomorrow. That group that was destitute of that group. 
I want to make a statement to the world. You weren't worthy to have their feet on your soil. Now that's, that's God's promise. Plan B. You're going to find it somewhere. It's going to find you somewhere. The question is, will you fold up tent and just say, I'm, I'm just, I'm done. Church, had, church didn't do what I thought it would. Life wasn't, turned out like I wanted it to. I'm, I'm moving on. Or will you be found faithful? Let's bow our heads, could we? We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.